We're learning the Gemara today on Davchof Amit Beis and Masech Yuma in the bottom of the Amit. Taner Abaron, we learned in Abraisa. This is in continuation to what we said before about the sound of the sun that cuts through the sky that there is during the day. So the Gemara here says, the Abraisa says, Shalish, Kailis, Heilchen. There are three sounds that are in the world that go from one end of the world to the other end of the world. And the following are the sounds. Koil galgal chama, the sound of the ball of the sun that goes through the sky, the koil hamayna shal raimi, and the sound of the noise that there are in the, all the multitudes of people in Rome, the koil nishama bishashi yetsimana guf, and the sound of the nishama when it leaves the body. So, as most Mepharshim say, it doesn't refer to a physical sound. Some say it refers to the publicity that there is when a person passes away from the world, people know about it from one end of the world to the other. And others say, also by the birth, there is a sound that, or a coil, a rumor about it, that goes from one end of the world to the other. Others add, also Ridia, which is a malach. And this is the malach that's appointed on the irrigation of the fields, and he calls out to the rain from above and from below to come and irrigate the fields. And the Rabbanan begged for mercy on the regarding the soul, when it comes out of the body, and they will the sound that this makes. Marsha says actually what it means is that when Mashiach comes, it says that death will be swallowed forever. Rabbanan begged Rachmim that they can beg for someone's life to save his life that he shouldn't leave from the world. Tanya Kavaseh Rabshila, we learned in Abraisa that says, like Rabshila, going back to what it said in the Mishnah regarding Kriya Sagever. So there was a machlaikis between Rav and Rabshila, what that means. So we have Abraisa here that says, like Rabshila, that Kriya Sagever refers to a rooster. So the Abraisa says, a person that goes on the, on, out on the way, before the rooster uh, make, makes his noise, so Domai Beroishai. His head, blood is on his head. If he, any shed or any mazik, he gets harmed in any way, it's because he went in the middle of the night. Rabbi Yeshem, Rabbi Yeshem says, Achi Yishna. He has to wait until the sound of the rooster is twice. Another opinion is, he should wait until three times the rooster makes a noise. What kind of rooster are we speaking about? A mid-sized uh, rooster. So we see here clearly in this price that the expression of Gever refers to a rooster. Regarding what we learned in the Mishnah, that in the time of Aliyah, when Yidin were Euler Regal, so there were so many Yidin that filled the Azara there, and the Gemara here goes through different things and Nisim that happened in the Beis HaMikdash. B'Shosh Yisrael, Euler Regal. Yidin came and were Euler Regal to the Beis HaMikdash, Oymdin Tzfufin. They stood, they were squeezed together, so squeezed together that they were like almost like hovering in the air. But when they had to bow down, so then they bowed down and they had enough space. Rashi says they had enough space of four Amis to be able to bow down. And the reason is so that one should not hear the vidui, the confession of his friend. So this was the, uh, this was the nest in the Besamikdash. There's a taich that it says in some Sfarim, as long as you stand for yourself, then you feel squeezed. But if, if you're you, you humble and you bottle and so you bow down, then then you, you feel that there's enough space for you. And the crowd of people dragged itself all around. All the way to the end on the other side of the Azara, behind the Kedush HaKadoshim, where there were 11 Amis there, between the wall of the Kedush HaKadoshim and the wall of the Azara, 
Yidin were, were all the way around over there in that area as well. So the Gemara asks, my Ka'ama, what's the Brisa saying here? The order of the Brisa is not clear. It starts off saying that they were squeezed, but then it says that when they bowed down, they became spacious. And then it says that they went all around. But if it became spacious, so why is he saying that there was no space, that they had to go all around? So the Gemara answers, Hachi Ka'ama. This is the order of how you have to understand the Brisa. Even though they were very squeezed, so much so that they, they didn't have to extend all the way around to behind the Kedesh HaKadoshim. They were standing squeezed. But when they bowed down, they bowed down and there was a space of four Amas for everyone to bow down. This is one of the ten miracles that occurred in the Beis HaMikdosh. It says in the Mishnah in Ovis, Asad and Nisim, Nasa Beis HaMikdosh. There were ten miracles that occurred in the Beis HaMikdosh. The first one is, Lo Yipila Isha Mereach Besara Kaidish. A woman did not, did not uh, lose her child from the smell, and the aroma that there was from the meat, from the carbonus, that would bring such a big desire, and therefore if you're not going to give her to eat from it, it may be dangerous for her, for the baby, so this never happened in the Beis HaMikdash. According to most Mepharshim, this means that the woman never ha- even had that desire. So there wouldn't be an issue. And the meat in the Beis HaMikdash never spoiled. And there was never a fly that was found in the butcher house in the place over there where they shechted the karbonis. And there was never that the Kayin Gadol became Tomei with the Tumah of Akeri and Yom Kippur. And there was never found to be any invalidation regarding the carbon oimer which is brought on the second day of Pesach. brought in upon him every Shabbos. As Rashi explains that if there would be a psul in any of these three, then you wouldn't have what to bring the carbon from. Because the, the, starting with the oimer, the wheat, or actually the barley, was cut the night of pay, the second night of Pesach, and they cut only, they were only allowed to cut the exact amount that they needed. And then they would sift it, especially, and prepare it for the carbon oimer. If this becomes possible, they don't have another uh, barley to bring the carbon from. And the same with Shteh which was baked from before Yontif. If it becomes possible on Yontif itself, they're not allowed to bake it on Yontif. And the same with also the bread from Shabbos. If it becomes puzzle, so then they can't put it on the, on the shulchan, on the table, and then they won't have bread until the following Shabbos. So this is a nest that happened in the Beis HaMikdash that none of these ever became possible. Oimdem Tzfufim, as we mentioned before, they would stand squeezed together, and they bowed down, and if it was spacious. Snake or a scorpion never harmed anybody while he was in Yerushalayim. And and a person never said to his fellow, The place of Yerushalayim is too narrow, too squeezed to be able to live there in Yerushalayim when they came to Be'ol Regal. So the Mepharshim HaMedayik, I believe the Chassam Seifer says that the Mishnah says, Meaning that the place was pretty squeezed. However, the feeling that they had because of the specialty of being there for being Euler Regal and the love that they had for the Eibishter, so nobody felt being squeezed while they were there in Yerushalayim. Alagamar asks a question on this Mishnah, Pasach Mikdash. it begins saying that there were 10 miracles in the Beis HaMikdash, Vesayim Yerushalayim, and it concludes including also miracles that happened in Yerushalayim. 
So the Gemara answers, the two that are mentioned here that happened in Yerushalayim, the Nochash and the Akrov and the Vlayom Adam Mokaim, so we replace them with another two that happened in the Mesa Bigdash. The Tanya will learn in Nabraisa. The rain never caused the fire of the Mesa Mikdash to be extinguished. The Oshon and the smoke that came up from the fire on the Mizbeach, by any strongest winds in the world that would come and blow at it, they don't move it from its place, it would go up, straight up, and it wouldn't spread out. So therefore those are the two that replace the other ones that were mentioned that are only in Yerushalayim. But I ask further, but are there no other miracles that occurred in the base of Mikdash? The broken earthenware that there was from what they cooked, or the meat of the carbonus in it. So that whatever the pots, earthenware, it gets cooked in, so earthenware, it absorbs, and you can't get it out from the walls of this pot. So if it remains there, after the time when the carbonus are allowed to be eaten, so it becomes nicer. And so what do you do with these pots? It has to be broken, it has to be buried. The miracle was that it was swallowed up in the ground over there in its place. If it wouldn't be swallowed up in its place, so over a period of time you would have heaps and heaps of these garbage of broken earthenware in that place. So it got swallowed up. Abaya said similar, another miracle. Mura venoitza, the crap and the feathers of the uh, birds that were brought as a carbon, vidishun mizbeach apnimi, and the ashes that were removed from the inner mizbeach, vidishun amenaira, the ashes removed from the menaira, nivla and bimekaimon, they also got swallowed in their place. So we see there were more miracles in the Beis Mikdash. So the Gemara goes back to the Mishnah before and says, psuli tlosa havachashvinu bechad. So the, the psulim that we had before, so we mentioned that there were three, the three karbonis of Oymer, Shte'alechem, and Lechem upon him, those three that never became puzzle. So we don't count them as three, but Chashvinu Bachad, we count them really as one. So therefore, Apik Trey, so you have to subtract two, because from these three it becomes only one. Navayel Trey, so let's add another two that we just mentioned here, which is the Klicheres that were swallowed in its place. And then the other things that Abayi mentioned, the Murrah, the Knights, and the Dishon, that got swallowed in its place. But the Gemara says, if that's how you count, so Ihochi, if so, blue and Nami, regarding what got swallowed up in the ground, so Treyave, it was two different things that we counted, we should really count it as one, just like by the Psulim you count it all as one, so you should count this also all as one. So Chasrolohu, so you're still missing one from the ten Nisim that happened in the Beis Amikdash. So the Gemara answers, Ikenami achriti. There was one more miracle in the base of Mikdash. There was a great miracle that occurred with the lechem upon him. That when they removed it on the following Shabbos after it was brought, so they waited a week and then the following Shabbos, it was just as hot and fresh like the day that they put it, put it on. Shenem, as the Pasuk says, The place there, the warm bread, on the day that it's taken away. Even on the day that it's taken away, it was also warm. Frek, the Gemara, but there still seems to be that there were more miracles in the Beis HaMikdash. V'su leke, was there only these ten and not more, but for Rav Levi, Rav Levi said, Dov hazem esoides biyadenim aviseinu. We have a tradition from our fathers that makim ha'orein einem in amidah, that the space of the orein did not, it did not take up any space. Meaning, as Rashi explains, the place of the Kodesh HaKadoshim was 20 by 20 amas. 
and we have a tradition that on both sides of the Odin there were 10 Amis that you measured. So that's, that does not include the space of the Odin itself. The Odin itself was an Amma and a half by two and a half Amis. And you measured on each side of the Odin and you had 10 Amis, 20 Amis in total. So it didn't account for the actual space of the Odin itself. So the Odin didn't take up any space. That was another miracle that happened. This is a miracle that's discussed at length in different Maimadim Echsidis. And here, the point is, that this is sort of a miracle where you have two opposites happening at the same time. Because in order for the Arayim to be the Kali of the Arayim, that the way it's supposed to be, it needs to have that exact measurement of an Am and a half by two and a half Amas. So it requires that measurement. And yet at the same time, we need the measurement, and the measurement was there when you measured the Aron itself, it had that space. But yet at the same time, when you measured on both sides of the Aron, it was 10 Amas on each side. And the total space of the Kedosh HaKadoshim was 20 by 20 Amas. So this is two opposites happening at the same time. And this is the major nest that happened here in the Kedosh HaKadoshim, of the presence of the Shekhinah there, that combines the two opposites inside the Kedosh HaKadoshim. Ravinoi said in the name of Shmuel, another miracle, Kruvim, the Kruvim that were built on top of the Aron in the time of Shleima Melech ben they stood with a miracle. As Rashi explains, the wingspan of these Kruvim were large enough to cover the entire space of the Kedush HaKadoshim, 20 by 20 Amas. And we don't have any space to account for the actual bodies of the Kruvim themselves. There were bodies made of like little faces of little children. And there's no space to account for them. And they still were standing there. So we see that there were another two miracles here in the Kedush HaKadoshim. And says the Gemara, Nise de We're only counting the ten miracles of what occurred outside in the Azara or places that can be seen. Nise de Beroi, the Gavoy that is Loikachashiv. The Nisim that happened on the inside here in the Kaidash Kadashim, when we're not Loikachashiv, that we don't count. Asks the Gemara, Yachi, if so, Lecham upon him, Nami, Nise de Gavoyhu. The Nisim that happened with the Lecham upon him is also inside, it's inside the Heichel, and it's not outside for everyone to see. And says the Gemara, the lechem upon him is also considered to be a nest on the outside that everyone could see. Why? said regarding the shulchan. What is the meaning of the pasuk that it says al that the bread should be placed on the pure shulchan? When it says that it's pure, that means that it could become tummy. Kliates So the question is, this is a piece of furniture basically made out of wood that's made to stay in one place. And the rule is any cleates that's made to stay in its place, it is not, it's not susceptible to any tumma. And it also separates from any tumma. So therefore the question is, why does the Pasik have to say that it's pure? What this teaches me is that they would lift it up at the time when Yidin came for the Yom Tif to see to see see the love that Yehoshua has for you that when you take off the bread it's as hot and fresh as when it was put on that it was hot in the day that it was taken off so therefore the Yidin saw this miracle so it's considered to be a miracle of the outside and that's why that is counted there was no other miracles in the base of Mikdash. But said, at the time when Shleim Melech built the base of Mikdash, he saw not a boy called Minim Megadim Shalzahov. He planted there 
golden trees, and it would grow golden fruits bismanon in their time and the season. And when the wind would blow in them, these fruits would fall down from the trees. There was strong wind that blew in the levonai, which is the base of Mikdash, and the fruits that came down. When the Goyim came into the base of Mikdash to destroy the base of Mikdash, it dried up. And these trees that was blossoming in the base of Mikdash, Umlal was devastated. But the Abishra in the future is going to give us back this tree there. It'll blossom again, it'll be happy again. This tree, the honor and this glory of this tree that was in the Levana and the base of Mikdash. So we see over here that there's another miracle that occurred. And says the Gemara, Kavid alavonen nitten lo. That goes together with the Pasuk. So the Gemara answers, Nisi de kevi loi kachashif. A miracle like this that was steady every day, that miracle is not mentioned. We only count the miracles that happen in certain times or in certain places and so on. So the Gemara says, Hashtadah says lahachi. Now that you come to this conclusion that steady miracles are not counted, the reason why those two miracles are not counted is not only because they were on the inside, but because they're steady every single day. One of the miracles that we mentioned before was that the smoke of the Maroch of the Beis HaMikdosh, of the Mizbeach, went straight up. Is there smoke from this fire on the Mizbeach? But Vatanya, we learned in Abraisa that says, Five unique things were said about the fire of the Marocha of the Mizbeach. It was crouching in the shape of a lion. It was as bright as the sun. And yet it, the fire had a substance to it. And it would consume, it would burn things that are moist like things that are dry. And also there was no smoke that came out of it. So we see that there was no smoke in this fire. And says the Gemara, Kikam rinon The Braise before is talking about the fire that descended from heaven. But the fire that was brought from Hedyet, from the people below, that fire did have smoke. The Tanya will learn in the Braise, Venosna b'nei Aaron They should place fire onto the Mizbeach. Afapish eish yeredes menashamayim. Although the fire comes down from heaven, mitzvah lohavi mina hedyet. There's a mitzvah to bring fire from the hedyet as well. And that's the fire that there was smoke and the miracle occurred that the smoke went straight up. So now it's said over here, Ruvutsakari, the fire that came down from above was crouching in the shape of a lion. But we learned I saw this fire, and it was crouched in the shape of a dog. Answers the Gemara, Lekashi, it's not a question. Kan In the first base of Mikdash, it was in the shape of a lion. And Kan In the second base of Mikdash, it was in the shape of a dog. So now the Gemara asks, wait a minute. In the second base of Mikdash, Mi Havoi, was this fire even there? The fire from heaven, was it even there? What is this that it says in the Pasuk? And I will be honored with the Beis Mikdash. So it's written without the hey at the end. So you could, it's written V'yikoved, but it's V'karinon. The way it's read is V'yikovda, as if it's written with a hey. And this is written about the second Beis Mikdash, that this will be my honor. 
But it's written missing that hey at the end of the word. So why is it missing that hey? Elu chamisha dvarim. This refers to the five different things. Shahayu bein mikdash rishayin lemikdash sheni. The five things that were different and that were missing in the second base of mikdash, even though they were there in the first base of mikdash. And the elohein. These are the five things. Adain vekapayres akruvim. One is the adain, which includes also the kapayres, the cover, and the kruvim as well. Then the Eish, the fire on the Mizbeach, Ushchina, the presence of the Shechina, it doesn't mean it wasn't there in the second base of Mikdash at all, but it wasn't the same as the level of Shechina in the first base of Mikdash. And the Ruach HaKadosh, and the Ruach HaKadosh referring to Nevuah that was not in the time of the second base of Mikdash. And the Urim, the Tumim, which is the name of Hashem that was inside the Chayshen to be used to be able to, to answer questions. So we see over here that Eish, is one of the things, the fire of the Mizbeach that descended from heaven is one of the things that wasn't in the second base of Mikdash. Omri, so they answered to this in, yes, Mihave, Have. The fire was there in the time of the second base of Mikdash, but Siyue, Loi Messiah. But it did not help along with burning the Karbanis on the Mizbeach. Tana Rabbana, we learned in another Braisa about different types of fires. Sheish, Isha, Ishain. There are five or six different fires. There's a fire that eats, it consumes, but it does not drink. There's a fire that drinks and does not eat. There's a fire that eats and drinks. And there's a fire that consumes moist like dry. There's a fire that pushes away another fire. And then there's a fire that consumes another fire. And the Braiser now will spell out exactly what all these six fires are. A fire that eats but does not consume, that, or sorry, that does not drink liquids. That's the fire that we know of here in this world, that uh, any liquids cannot uh, be consumed by the fire. The liquids extinguish the fire. A fire that can drink the liquids and it does not eat. The chaylen, this is the fire, the fever, the heat that a person that's sick has in his body, and that it draws out all the moisture from him, and he has no appetite to eat. A fire that both eats and drinks, the Eliyahu. This is the fire that came down by Eliyahu when he was in the Hara Karmel. The Pasuk there says, And the water that was there, it, it, it ate everything up, including the moisture that was there as well. A fire that consumes what's moist like what's dry. This is the fire that we mentioned before that's on the Mizbeach. And a fire that pushes away another fire, the Gavriel. This is the fire of Gavriel, the Malach Gavriel that um, Rashi brings by the story of Hanani Mishal of Azariah when he saved them from the Kivshana Eish. So he pushed the fire out of where they were, and he pushed it outside, and the people that threw them into the fire got burnt. And then there's the fire that consumes other fire, the Shechina. This is the fire of the Shechina. Amar, Master has taught, When it came at the beginning of creation, and the Malachim said, Why are you creating the human being? So the Ebishter came down with a fire, or the Ebishter struck out a finger that's a fire, and burnt all of these Malachim. So the Gemara now continues and asks another question here. Going back to the fire of the Mizbeach. As we said, the winds, even the strongest winds in the world, cannot move it from its spot that it would go straight up. So the Gemara asks him this, is this true? But Rav Yitzchak Baravdimi said the following. 
and the the night at the end of the last day of Yontif of Sukkis, which would mean Matzah Shmini Atzeres. So then Shmini Atzeres is the time that you daven for the rain, you begin saying Meredageshem. So then at Matzah Yontif they would look at the smoke coming from the Mizbeach. Everyone would look there to this smoke. And they would see which way the wind is blowing. So if the if they see that the smoke was tilting towards the tzafayin, so that means that there's a wind coming from out of Dorin, blowing it towards tzafayin, aniim smechin, the people, the poor people were happy, and the people that the balabatim, the homeowners that had a lot of food stored away in storage were upset. What's the reason? If there's a wind coming out of the south, out of Dorin, that means that there's going to be a lot of rain that year, too much rain, so even if there's going to grow a lot of fruits and, and everything in the field, but the pedis that are kept in storage are going to rot. So therefore the, the balabatim were sad about that. Not the klapit dorim, if they saw that the, the smoke was tilting towards dorim, which means that there was a wind coming out of tzofen, aniyim atzevim, so then the aniyim were sad, and the balabatim were happy. Sorry, because it means there's going to be much less rain, enough for the things to grow in the field, and also and the pedis in the storage is going to be kept, it's not going to rot. So there'll be much less in the field for the aniyim, but whatever is in storage is going to be kept. Not the klapim mizrach, if the, if the fire, the smoke is going up and it's tilting towards mizrach side, meaning there's a wind coming from, uh, from Maidev side, hakel smechen. Everybody was happy. That's a wind that will be just right, just the right amount of rain for, to grow enough in the fields, and also not too much that it shouldn't rot what is in the storage. Klapi Maidev, if there's a wind, if you see that the, it's tilting towards Maidev, meaning there's a wind coming out of Mizrach, tilting it to Maidev, then everybody was sad. Because the Ozel, uh, so, so what's the reason everyone's sad? Because over here, this is a kind of wind that just dries up all the seeds, dries up everything, so nothing's going to grow. So everybody was sad. So here the question is, we see that the smoke coming up from the fire of the Mizbeach would tilt in all kinds of directions. So how could we say that it would go straight up to, to, to the sky? And it says the Gemara, the Ozel, the Osi Kidikli. It would tilt like a, like a cedar tree, like a palm tree actually, that would tilt from one direction to another. But yes, but Vaivduri Loyavim Mivder. But it would not spread out and disperse like smoke usually does. Oh, mama. Now another question the Gemara has here. We learned in this Braise it said, Klapi Mizrach, if the smoke is tilting towards Mizrach, meaning there's a wind coming out of Maidev, Hakel Smechen. Everybody's happy. It means there'll be enough rain. Klapi Maidev, if it's tilting towards Maidev, so there's a wind coming out of Mizrach, Hakel Atzeven. Everybody is sad. I'll ask you from a different Braise that says the opposite. Mizrachis Lo'elam Yafe, a wind that comes out of Mizrach, everybody's happy. Maravis loilam kosha, a wind that comes from Maidev side, so then it's always not good. Ruach tzfeinis, yafilachitin, a wind coming out of the north is good for the wheat when? If that wind comes when the wheat grew already a third. The kosha lezeisim, and it's not good for the olives, bizman shehein chaintin, in the times when the olives are blossoming. Ruach dreimis, a wind that comes out of the uh, south. So here it's the reverse. It's not good for the wheat if it grew a third. 
but it's good for the olives in the time when it's blossoming. So regarding the difference between what kind of wind the wheat needs and what kind of wind the olive needs, I have a simon for you to know what wind is good for what. The shulchan, which had the breads in it, which is of course made from the wheat, is on the tzafen side. So that's an indication for the fact that the wind from the tzafen is good for it, for the chitim. The menorah in the base of Mikdash that had the olive oil that they lit the menorah with, that is on the Dharam side to remind, so if that could remind you that what the wind that comes out of the Dharam is good for the olives. So, hi marbedi day, hi marbedi day. Each one that's on their side is going to increase the wind that will be good for what, what's on that on the table, with the, the chitim, so that's connected to the table, and the olive oil that's connected to the menorah. So, the point is, we see over here that the wind that comes out of, uh, out of uh, Mizrach side is always good. Is, uh, and before, what did we say? That if the, if the uh, smoke of the Mizbeach is going towards Maidiv, meaning there's a wind that's coming out of Mizrach side, so then everybody is sad. So what's the story with this wind that comes out of Mizrach? Is it good or is it not good? Answers the Gemara, Loikashia. It's not a question. Ha lon. For the people in Bavel, which was a very wet land, and they had a lot of uh, water and moisture there, so when there's a wind coming out of Mizrach, which means that there's going to be less rain, so that was good for them. And then of Aha, and that's for the people that are there in Eretz Yisrael. So because Eretz Yisrael is a, is now a land that has less rain, and there's, there's hills and valleys, and therefore it gets dry very quickly, so they rely on the rain more. So therefore for them, the wind coming out of Mizrach is not good. Hadron Allah Shivas Yamim. This is the conclusion of the first Pedic of Mesechta Yuma.